and welcome to Beauties and Head Cannons. We're, we're nerdy and you probably are too. I'm Tegan and I'm here today with Lindsay and we're here to talk nerdy to you and continue our conversation about Falcon and the Winter Soldier or more appropriately should I say Captain America and the Winter Soldier since that is what it was dubbed in the very last episode. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, just to put it out there, I'm, you know, it has been like a week since the last episode has been put up and everything, but just in case anybody has not had the chance to finish out the series, but just in case anybody has not had the chance yet to finish out the series, um, we are going to be talking about very specific things throughout the all of the episodes. So if you haven't been caught up or if you really need to give it a rewatch, then make sure you just put this episode on pause and then come back once you're caught up or once you finished it or anything like that, because we don't want to unnecessarily spoil you if that's not what you want. Yeah, it should definitely be a, a disclaimer, like, from everything. Oh, like, yeah. If you haven't seen it, why are you here? Go watch yeah. it. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you okay, know what so to expect it did occur us. to me on our last episode. Right, right. It mm-hmm. did occur to me on our last episode, though, that, like, we kind of skirted over some of, like, the really cool things that started in the beginning of um, – the series and Tegan of course like promised me that we would then talk yes. about you know she was like you know we could do another episode we yeah. could we could do it again or you know do one at the end of the series so sorry that if any of this sounds repetitive or that I yeah. sound very excited about um social commentary etc cetera, etc cetera. um it's kind of my shtick so uh, here we are again to talk about more more of that um so first of all, like, uh, do we want to start with the last episode? Do we want to, what do we want to um, talk about? Yeah, well, I mean, specifically, I, I did like want to say that. I mean, they really did start like from the beginning of the series with this. And I mean, obviously, even by, I think we recorded right after episode three. Um, so like, even by then, obviously, there right. were still, you know, um, social justice commentary things going on. Um but I mean, our last episode was already like 40 minutes long. So it's like, uh, do y'all really want to listen to us for that long? <laughs> you know, and especially because, you know, our talk then was a little more casual. So now we wanted to get more into the meat of things that, you know, that the series has brought up, things that it discussed, if it discussed it well, if it didn't discuss it that well, and just, you know, general kind of things like that. So yeah, there's there's quite a bit to kind of dig into, I think. And I know one of the thing, like one of the first things that kind of came up um, for me personally was after Sam um, has kind of come back and he's, you know, reuniting with his sister and, you know, trying to forge a forge a new life now, you know, after after the blip and after things have, you know, been starting to kind of come back to a more normal uh, even keel, you know, he goes with his sister to the bank to try to get a loan for her and he gets denied. He gets denied because, oh, well, you don't have a work history for the last five years, even though he's literally, you know, been dust <laughs> for the last five years, you know, and it's like, you know, he's, he's right. Falcon. He's literally, you know, a hero and he can't even get a loan. And the thing is like, it might've seemed odd because, but the thing is, is that, Actu- that is an actual thing that happens to real people of color every day in America. You know, you would look at these regulations and things and think, oh, well, they should qualify. But 
oh, something always seems to come up where it just doesn't work out. You know, there, there's been so many videos, you know, and exposés done of where even real estate folks, they won't want to show or talk about houses in certain areas with black mm-hmm. folks or people of color. But then they'll turn around and show it to a white person. And it's just a continuation of everything that has been happening in America since its conception, since, you know, white folks started coming over here and colonizing it. This has been how it's like. And seeing that portrayed accurately on screen, at least, you know, in that light was, I don't want to say refreshing, but it was good to actually see it done and not, you know, and handled seriously. Right. Well, see, what's interesting to me is that, you know, I'm I'm the whitest. I'm very white. And I am for the past year or so, there's there's been some uh, things that have happened recently um, as far as uh, people of color and and social things that have happened. Um, And I mean, like we don't have to skirt around it. Um, uh, Chauvin was found to be uh, guilty. And um, if you guys don't know what happened with George Floyd and everything, I don't know what rock you've been living under. I know, right? <laughs> um, but I live in a city that um, had uh, lots of lots of people that were very angry. There was protests um, for a lot of different things, and this is the first time we've actually gotten a uh, verdict that was appropriate for um, what was done. And um, hopefully, the you know the sentence will. Uh, be correct as well and I honestly like if anyone's listening to this and they decide we're not friends anymore because of what I just said uh, <laughs> <See ya. laughs> that's a whole other conversation yeah I am um, I when the when the trial started and I'm I promise I'm going to bring this full circle back to to um, Captain America and and the Winter Soldier but when the trial started my neighbors put up a uh, one of those black flags with the stripe on it of of a uh, uh, blue color oh, yeah. and i um like when it happened um the people i live with uh jason and i and and uh ash kind of uh had a cow <laughs> and their their window their their door is very close to our door their flag is very close mm-hmm. to where where we open our door and i was like just appalled i i it was just in bad form you know like yeah. a, Captain uh, Hook would say bad yeah. form, mm-hmm. just bad form. And so we went out and got one of those rainbow flags that says, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, uh, women's rights or human rights, all of that on it, and put that bad boy up uh, within a week <laughs> of that flag having gone up next to our door. So, um, and, and, you know, I was scared for, like, weeks that it was going to be ripped down that people were going to leave nasty grams and stuff and and that's just kind of like where we are with with that kind of i don't know propaganda at best and you know the three of us are a white family who believe that all lives don't matter until black lives matter and we're really like having a hard time in this country with that so this verdict was a was a big a big deal Mm -hmm. um and for um Marvel to kind of take on that that mantle with this with this series was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I I was I was thrilled to see it um, because it, when it's not a part of your life, you don't you don't notice it. You don't. Mm-hmm. It's not that you don't care, but it's it's easy to 
not notice. It's easy to, to when you're not affected by it, it's easy to, to pretend it's not a problem. And I think that's that's the actual problem here. Yeah, um, absolutely. It took, a, it took a couple of watches of one of those episodes. I can't remember if it was the third episode or the fourth episode. I think it was the third episode because I was disappointed in us that we hadn't mentioned it. But when um, Bucky and um, Sam go to meet Isaiah mm-hmm. and when they're in the street and the cops come up to them and are like yelling at Sam and asking, asking Bucky if he's bothering him. And, and Bucky's like, no, we were just talking. We were just talking, man. Like that is a, that's, that's not uncommon mm-hmm. due to the colors of their skin. Yeah. And that's, that's insane that, but it's not something that, that you think about if yeah. you're not affected by it. And we've been saying this for over a year, as far as like, you know, social commentary and, and things that have been going on in this country. But it's it's so easy to pretend it's not a problem when it's not a problem for you. Yeah. And that really was like brought to the forefront of mm-hmm. of the end of this series, especially where I was just like blown away by the way it was approached. Mm-hmm. Um almost every episode honestly yeah. I, I i was still in the mcu i was still like living it and i was still there for it but th- there was some really cool stuff that happened that i was just blown away by taking on that kind of a mm-hmm. by taking on the stance that that the mcu did yeah and i mean the and the fact of the matter is is if sam wilson wasn't sam wilson and he wasn't recognized as sam wilson then that outcome could have still ended very differently for him. I know that there's right, been absolutely. some I know there's been some incidences with some black athletes who have been misidentified and who were harassed until it was found out who they were and that it's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it's like, but if I wasn't who I am, then why are you still harassing me? Like if it's not okay to harass me just because you found out that I'm famous and that I'm rich, then why why is it okay if I wasn't famous or if I wasn't rich, you know? Right. Like, exactly. It, it, it isn't. That's, that's yeah. the point. Like it's it, uh, there's there's so much wrong with that s- scenario. There's so much wrong with that situation that yeah. um, it was it was cool to, to see it brought up. But yeah. it, there's also that the issue that like um, the displaced people, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Carly and the Flag Smashers and the idea of the global repatriation act and Mm -hmm. and saying like these people need to go back to where they came from when they were welcomed with such open arms Mm -hmm. um when people needed help it's it's a real it it, you know you you start to feel for carly and Mm -hmm. and for the people she's um uh working for and it's not so much that she i mean for a minute there sam almost got to her that they were going to be hand in hand like he refused to hurt her and it was just such a such a cool thing to to see to see that it wasn't about right and wrong like it wasn't about when it came down to to human rights you know Mm -hmm. like like it's not about what the law says it's about what it's about what's morally and ethically correct right and sometimes the laws aren't morally or ethically correct and that means that the laws are wrong (laughs) you know right but, and so, and I, I know I'm, I'm probably Trina thoughting here and everything. I, I just, um, I, I really felt for Carly and for, um, for the flag smashers and, and, you know, being, um, what's the word when you're in one place and you're forced to move somewhere else. Displaced. Yeah. What, <laughs> there you go. When, <laughs> for, for all of those displaced people that were, you know, be about to be forced to go back to where they were, um, 
where they had come from and the the idea of even so far as going back to Thanos and when he had said, you know, he was uh, cutting the population in half so that the resources were were more for the people that were able to stay, like, it almost makes you understand that he was right, you know, like, there, there are people who were, were doing more and doing better um, because they were able to help out in a different way than that they might have been smashed down by those borders previous to the snap, but it just... Uh, it messes yeah. with my mind, man. I- yeah. and, and I, it was really interesting because we finally got to like really get down to the nitty gritty of what was happening in those five years. Because, you know, even in the movies previously, they kind of just time skipped it. They, over it. Yeah, yep. they didn't really like show how it was for, you know, like the average person. Like we did see a little bit of like what people like Natasha and Captain Marvel and like, you know, all of those people were doing in those five years, but we didn't really get to see what was happening to the average person and what was going on in their lives. So we did get to see a little bit more of that impact and how, you know, how that was coming back now and how it was being handled and how it was being handled very poorly, you know? So it, you know, it does kind of make you think, you know, what, and especially, you know, with with the pandemic and everything that's been going on and how, you know, now that the vaccine's getting uh, more evenly distributed, at least, you know, in America where we are, um, I don't know, you know, obviously, like other places are having more struggles, other even pockets of America are having more struggles, like getting people vaccinated. But just like in general, this whole attitude of, oh, we're getting back to normal. It's like, well... Why don't you stop and think what was normal and what was good about that normal? And why should we get back to that? Like, what could we change about that normal? You know, like, I was just talking about this the other day with my husband. Like, you know, it seems like this pandemic was a chance for us to really learn and figure out that, hey, you know, this stuff is messed up and maybe we should try to restructure some things as a society. And now all the mantra is, hey, let's just get vaccinated and let's get back to normal. But it's like, but that normal wasn't good, was it? It wasn't good for everybody. No, so why? It wasn't. Yeah. So it's like, it kind of, it, it kind of makes you think, but why should we go back to this normal? What was good about this normal? Why don't we try to fix this normal instead of mm-hmm. focusing on getting back for it? Because this time last year, it was all about, oh, well, you know, these essential workers are heroes. And now this year it's like, but they don't deserve $15 an hour. You know, right. like we right. can't exactly. have it both ways, y'all. We cannot have it both ways. So, right. yeah. <laughs> well, and it's it's interesting to me, to me, too. Like they said that there was a subplot that kind of got eradicated mm-hmm. um, and, you know, again skirted over with um it having been too close to the idea of the the covid pandemic and they they don't confirm or deny that really whenever you listen to interviews about the show Mm -hmm. um i you know they say oh we we've been told we have to stop saying that or uh you know like okay cool 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 whatever i (laughs) i'm you know we we saw that um donia madani died of uh, tuberculosis is what mm-hmm. the, the story is. Yeah. And they're not wrong. It is common um, when people are uh, displaced and uh, meant uh, forced to live in close, close 
not so sanitary quarters. Yeah. And there's something about, you know, COVID that should have made us more aware of how close you are to people when you have no idea how, um, how their health situation is, whether mm-hmm. they're, you know, highly medicating a contagious problem or not. And, um, you know, I, I've said it a million times. I remember going to Walgreens when I had the flu and having to get medications because, um, Ash was five years old. She can't go in and buy me the things I needed. And, mm-hmm. Uh, what else was I going to do? So yeah. she might not have been five. She might have been eight. But still, I couldn't get her to buy dextromethorphan and some other yeah, fun exactly. drugs. So I, I had to go in myself. And I remember the cashier looking at me like I was uh, the plague walking. And, <laughs> and I mean, really, she, you were. <laughs> and she, you know, like after she rang me up and, you know, thankfully it was still in the time of credit cards. So I just, you know, she didn't have to like take cash from me. But I remember her like you know, weekly saying as I left, I hope you feel better because you could tell I was, <laughs> yeah. I was death walking around. Like it was awful. And it's like but, these days you, know, you could potentially just have that as a pickup. Like, you know, you wouldn't even have to go in the store. You wouldn't have to spread those germs right, around. Like that kind you of know. thing actually needs to stay. Like yeah. The idea of, uh, but, but there's also then the potential to make us lazy and, and, mm-hmm. you know, make it so that we just, don't uh, do things that we would normally do for ourselves because someone else can do them for yeah. us. And is, if that, is that really bad? Is it more Not jobs really. for people? I don't, yeah. I, and I mean, also the fact of the matter is, is this pandemic also revealed that uh, we can do things that make things more accessible for disabled folks, doing things virtually, streaming, telehealth, you know, pickups, yeah. all of that, sh- all of that stuff makes things so much better for folks mm-hmm. with disabilities. And so I'm hoping... Or if you are immunocompromised and you need to kind of, like, watch out for yourself, you you have an opportunity to to be more a part of things that Mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't have been a part of your life prior to that. Definitely, definitely. So it's like these things are all benefits, you know, that we could have really taken a look at and be like, hmm, maybe we should keep this, you know, along with the whole conversation about how our health system is just not up to any kind of snuff and how our unemployment and how our, you know, even just employment in general is handled, how things, you know, certain jobs have been remote for over a year now. And it's like, well, why don't these stay remote? These could all, you know, open up more opportunities for disabled folks to be able to, you know, have an employment if they, you know, are able to do that remotely. So why don't we just keep this? Why do we keep, you know, (laughs) why do we keep making these jobs in, places when oh well if you have a building then you have to pay rent and you have to have insurance and you have to do this and that and pay the bills for that so it's like right wouldn't it be cheaper then it's all to save just... money <laughs> yeah just keep people at home <laughs> yeah yeah and, and I mean I get that you know other people are a lot more sociable you know I'm very much an introvert but and I get that other people are extroverts and they really need that you know interaction with other folks but you know, there, there are so many other ways you can get that apart from just working. And I think it's just more beneficial if we look at the actual issues that have actually been solved and say, okay, well, these things are actually working well, so why don't we keep them? You know, I, I feel like this wholesale just return to normal, you know, that was portrayed like in the series is not really what's actually beneficial to everybody. Right. It might not be what's best mm-hmm. um so let's go back to captain america uh and the winter soldier and um the last episode so the, what that was the first time we got to see what what bucky had under his sleeve about from wakanda mm-hmm. 
Um, did you scream at your television like I did? Oh, I, I, really, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I, I screamed. I was so excited. I oh, was yes. losing my mind. <laughs> it was amazing. I, I really love the whole point that they, you know, gave him a suit and everything that was his own. It, you know, it yes. didn't have any connotations of Steve or John Walker or anybody who had, you know, been tangentially connected to, you know, Captain, the role of Captain America before. It was his own, right, you know, right. in, instead of, you know, having just a hand-me-down, he had something that was his, that was made for him. And I think right. that was a very, you know, it, it was it was a great statement to have because... Oh crap! Sorry, my my computer almost. But it was it was a great statement to have in all of that because so often it seems that you know, and even this is just in general too with you know heroes that come in and take up a mantle for somebody else. They often sort of get these hand me downs and they're treated kind of like a second rate, like um, you know Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes are treated as like a second rate Captain America whenever they took up the mantles. So it's like you know this is him coming into his own in the mm-hmm. role, and this symbolizes that you know this is not just. You know, Sam Wilson is Captain America. This is Captain America, and he is Captain America. Right, and to be saving the day, you know, like when he when he introduces himself as Captain mm-hmm. America, it's so it's so very like fresh and vivid and awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, the the suit was really cool too. It's it's very bright. It's mm-hmm. um, not something we've seen before. With there was so much whiteness to it like uh-huh. so much purity to the the suit that i was i was super thrilled and then to see the vibranium wings too when oh he, yeah um, when he ducks down and shields himself with them i was like oh, oh my goodness oh yeah that that was really awesome i i'm and they made uh they remade uh his little his little drone red wing they remade yes. him and he's stronger and uh it was it was great it was great and it was it was awesome to see him like really embracing his role and making it his own and being like okay so I'm Captain America but I'm still myself and so this is me as Captain America and this is how I'm going to operate you know and right, I'm not right. going to hold myself to whatever standard that Steve did you know I'm not going to do the same things he did but that's okay you know because that was right. his take and that was his role and now this is my role It was a really cool culmination honestly had they gone any other direction and ad- decided like he couldn't be you know, there couldn't be a black Captain America mm-hmm. or um, any of that nonsense that they were hinting to in previous episodes. I would have been, like, sorely disappointed. So mm-hmm. I really never saw it any other way. I mean, um, I know the MCU has been disappointing in the past and mm-hmm. that we've had moments where we weren't real happy with what was going on. But yeah. I feel like this was this was uh, done right mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. Um when he goes back and he talks to Isaiah and um, Isaiah's like, well, a black Captain America, huh? And I don't remember if he says heck yes or darn straight or what. But, you know, <laughs> it, it was something like that. <laughs> whatever whatever Sam would say in that situation, he did. And I was I was pretty thrilled. It is Disney, so he couldn't have said yeah. what I would have said. But, yeah. but that's all right. <laughs> Yeah, and that that also like leads me to a big issue and point of contention that I personally have with the series, and that is its treatment of Isaiah. And now, yeah, the guy that plays Isaiah. So, in case any of you are unaware, there was actually a TV show back in the '90s for a black superhero, a black disabled superhero, actually, um, and the show was called Mantis. Um, just you know, like the praying mantis but it was called mantis and it 
the hero was portrayed by Carl Lumbly, who was, you know, he was Isaiah Bradley. So, and the series itself, I mean, he, he did great work in the series. The series itself was a bit weak just because of writing and budget and everything like that. Nothing to do with him. You know, he, he did his best with what he was given, but it was underwhelming to say the least. So to see him, you know, get the chance to come back and portray, you know, a former Captain America or, you know, that equivalent was great, you know, and his performance was fantastic and heart-wrenching and it was amazing. He really poured himself into the role, but I don't like how they dealt with that in the end because, you know, okay, so he, he, the thing with, you know, all Isaiah Bradley and the other um, black super soldiers that were, you know, that they gave the serum to back in the 50s, you know, that was all kind of uh, a parallel to like the Tuskegee experiments and, you know, all just all of the BS that the medical community has put black Americans through. And, you know, so, I mean, obviously that kind of does parallel a little bit to today where, you know, obviously black Americans are or a lot of them are very wary of taking the vaccine just because of that history of violence perpetuated by the medical community in general. You know, it's this, it's this response where like, you know, why should we trust you now? You know, and that's totally valid. It's, you know, it's a valid response to have that because of that history between them. And so Isaiah Bradley was supposed to serve as that portrayal of, you know, this is the result of what they've done. This is a result of decades of trauma. And this is a real live human being that has been affected by this. But then at the end, they give him a statue and an exhibit, <laughs> a corner of an exhibit. And it's like, okay, that's cool that he's being recognized, but what else? Like you've literally suffered through decades of abuse. You lost your wife. You lost most of your family. You have to basically pretend to be dead now in order to live a halfway normal life. And at the end of the day, you're still going to go back to your house in Baltimore. Ooh, you know, in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and that's it. And it's like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm a white person, so I feel that I can say this. I don't understand what it is with white folks and making statues to commemorate things. I don't know if we are afraid that people are somehow going to become illiterate in the future and need statues as reminders, but it just screams very performative and hand-wavy of all of the trauma that Isaiah Bradley went through. That, oh, well, yeah, so we imprisoned you for years and tortured you and experimented on you, but here's a nice shiny statue. You know, we're not going to do anything else to really make this up to you, but here you go, you know, like, not that I think that there can be really an exact dollar amount or any kind of compensation that can actually make up for everything that he went through, but at least try, you know, like it, the whole exhibit, while it feels nice and, oh, it was a very touching moment, at the same time, it's not really addressing the issues that Isaiah actually has. It's not, it's just very performative and hand-waving of everything that he actually went through. So uh, I just, I feel that that was a big stumble on their part and a chance that they had to actually like, you know, go back and rectify their mistakes, you know, instead of recognizing okay, the mistakes, on, it's just the person. How would they have rectified their mistake? Monetary 
amounts what? What is at least? I mean, at the at? very least, like like I said, I mean, I I'm not saying you can put an actual dollar amount, but you should at least try. Start there and keep going. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it same thing with restitution. You can't put an exact dollar amount, but you should try. You should go out there and at least try. You should, you know, it's white folks and white families have been giving so much of an advantage over the years, just generationally speaking, and so much so over black folks. You're not really going to make up for that. But there should be a starting point and you should try. And that's what I'm saying. So, again, it's it kind of comes to this point where it's like, oh, well, we're recognizing that, you know, we kind of ignored you and your, you know, everything that happened with you. So, but now we're recognizing that, but we're not really doing anything else. And at the end of the day, you're still going to go back to Baltimore and you're still going to live in that same house and everything like that, you know, and you're not really going to get anything else out of this except for, I don't know, maybe a good feeling for a few minutes and we're going to feel good about it, you know, but that's it. So, yeah, that, that was my big issue with with his arc and everything. And nothing against Carl and everything. He was absolutely brilliant. I loved his performance of the role. He did fantastic. I just don't so, like where they went. I, I think the only issue I have with that is, mm-hmm. um, and it's not like anything to say about the statues or anything, but mm-hmm. I think that the... The, the way that Sam and Isaiah handled it as characters is what was important to the, to the, to the arc, because I felt like Isaiah kind of said, like he didn't want to be erased from history mm-hmm. and the statue and the corner of that exhibit and the, the information about, um, the actual like historical, um, weight of, you know those men um in in the war mm-hmm. was uh, significant for the character because mm-hmm. he had said that he you know didn't exist that he that they hid him and that was really like saying well now anyone who comes to see this will know about you and know about um this having happened not not that he shouldn't have also had some kind of other compensation, but that Isaiah had made it clear that what hurt him the most was that his wife was taken from him, that his life was taken from him, and that his whole family had no idea of his, like, existence other than, you know, his, was that his grandson or his? Mm-hmm. Yeah, his grandson. So, so that having been taken from him, seemed to be what was most important to him. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's good for him and his arc. But at the same time, the art that we create isn't created in a vacuum. And while, especially in some certain situations, like especially in like some fantasy uh, fandoms and things like that, it's very difficult and sometimes harmful to draw one-to-one comparisons. At the same time, you're still making this art in this place where we do have these real issues and where these parallels can be drawn to a certain extent. And so when you view it with that lens, instead of taking all of that away, when you view it with that, you know, it does seem like it's trying to move forward with only an acknowledgement and nothing more, if that makes sense. And that, that just makes me supremely uncomfortable, to be honest. Like, 
you know, removing all of the context from all of the racial issues that were going on in the series, you know, especially because they made it a point to draw in these issues, you know, to then try to remove it away, I think is a little bit more privilegy. And I, you know, while it may have been good for Isaiah, I don't think it was the correct way to portray it on screen because it, it's almost like it's both sides in it. Like, yeah, we were bad, but oh, well, maybe you should forgive and move on because we've done this bare minimum of recognizing you and your struggles, you know? Okay. Kind of like, you know, people who will put uh, BLM in their profiles or have that black square on their Instagram for, you know, uh, I think it was like June 4th last year in honor of George Floyd. Like, you know, if that's all that you do, I mean, it's great that you recognize that Black Lives Matter. It's great that you're taking a moment to, you know, to honor George Floyd. But it come if you don't do anything else, then it doesn't really do any good. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I think it's just, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm really saying, except that um, I feel that they, they at least addressed that in a way that was better than not addressing it at all, I guess. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, definitely, I am glad that they at least brought it up and addressed it, even if it wasn't perfect. But, you know, at the same time, it's like with representation, you know, it's great that it happens, but if it's not perfect, we still need to talk about why it's not perfect. Because, right. you know, how else are they going, how else are people going to know and understand if we don't talk about it? Kind of like right. with Krem uh, and Dragon Age. I, I don't really have a gaming corner, but, you know, Krem and Dragon Age is a transgender character and he's amazing and he's wonderful. Um, and his story is very well written and well portrayed, but he is voiced by a cis woman and that is quite problematic because you know even while his voice actress uh was very well did the role very well at the same time jennifer hale herself has said that you know she would not really accept this role these days because you know she recognizes that it's invalidating that it kind of even if unintentionally sends this message that trans men are still just women underneath it all you know so at the same time, while Krim is an amazing representation, at the same time, it's not a perfect representation of a trans person or a trans character. So while we acknowledge the good, we still want to bring up and talk about how it's not done well so that in the future, you know, hopefully in Dragon Age 4, if we get to see maybe Mavaris, that, you know, she can be done in a much better way and portrayed more accurately. So... Yeah, I, I guess, you know, that that's my point, too. You know, while it is good that it's recognized and, you know, not completely just dismissed, it could have been better. And that's my nitpick. Because <laughs> you know me, I, I can't help but nitpick. <laughs> right. Um, so I did want to say something about the um, historical references that they did make to mm -hmm. the, um, the airmen. That yes were in the war, um, mm -hmm. even though it may have been, you know, like loosely <clears throat> translated with the, with the super soldier serum and all of those things. Um, I still thought that was pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, there, there were, you know, black servicemen in world war two and even the Korean war and they would come home and, Oh, there's crosses burning on their yard. You know, right, their service right. is completely shunted to the side and nobody cares about it because all you see when you look at them is the black man. You know, and that's that's kind of the point where, you know, it doesn't 
matter what you do. It doesn't matter how hard you fight, even for this country. Some, sometimes, a lot of the times, really, all you're seen by is the color of your skin. And, you know, folks out there can say, oh, well, I don't see color all they want. But to not see that color and not recognize that also <laughs> doesn't recognize the actual issues that people can go through because of the color of their skin. You know, it hand waves a lot of that away. And, you know, when you're not looking at it, then you don't see it. Yeah, you know? no, I, I honestly think that whole thing is nonsense. You can't, oh, yeah. If, if you're not seeing color, you're not paying attention. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it, it is it is very much a position of privilege. I know that, you know, the talk of privilege can be contentious because it's like, oh, well, I worked all this myself and I, you know, right, put, right. did pay for this myself. I, you know, I had to struggle and everything. And the thing is, is that privilege doesn't denote that you don't have any struggle. Um, you may very well, you may be very well be disabled. You may have had to work hard. You may have had to work multiple jobs to get yourself through college or, you know, whatever happened in your life. You know, the de- mm-hmm. privilege doesn't mean that you don't have struggle. Privilege simply means that you don't struggle because of a certain factor. It, does, it means you don't struggle because of the color of your skin, because of your gender identity, because of your sexual orientation. That right. That's what that privilege means. It means that none of your struggles are tied to that because there are people of color out there. There are queer folks out there who we are also disabled we are also trans we you know also have these mental health struggles but we also struggle because of our gender identity or because of the color of our skin or our sexual orientation so you know it's like that's just one more part of the struggle and to not recognize that is a part of that privilege to be able to not see that because that's not something you have to think about in your daily life yep um I uh, wanted to make sure that we bring it full circle back to Captain mm-hmm. America and the Winter Soldier. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> now that we've now that we've gotten off track, I it's I'm I'm thinking about how funny this conversation would be if I was someone who didn't agree with you. And I know. <laughs> I, was, I was someone who um, you know did say oh, but uh, because I remember you know this past year and having unfriended some people because of their opinions. Um, uh, on that and not being able to, you know, open their eyes to how things really are, regardless of, uh, of that argument. Um, even just, you know, what you had just said, I, there were, there are people who I considered close, closer than, um, just like, you know, networking people and no longer talk to them or no longer, um, associate with them for that reason. And so it's, it's kind of, um, it, it was just uh, bringing me back to how, yeah. <laughs> how fun the conversation would be if oh, I yeah. did not agree with um, <laughs> It would be a lot more lively, that's for sure. <laughs> with that, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure we'd still be doing the podcast, honestly. Um, <laughs> but so uh, final thoughts on the series. We know that it's kind of going to be a one-off, just like WandaVision was. Yeah. Um, and there has been so many things announced um, coming up at the MCU, um, you know, I'm a total nerd for the MCU, but I'm, I'm not someone who will ever like actually read the comics mm-hmm. or have enough time to really devote things the way I want to. Um, yeah. we didn't talk really much at all about, um, U.S. agent and mm-hmm. the character that, um, Julia Louise Dreyfus plays the yes. uh, Val character. Uh-huh. Um, I like her, I guess. I don't like her. I think her, I, I guess... The I think third that's time very... I watched the series, I I was like, okay, I think she's just full of herself and she understands her 
uh, her place. She just, she just thinks she's so great that she doesn't actually need to talk. Doesn't actually need to talk to anybody. That she can just hold the conversation by herself because uh, she was just rough. Like I'm, I am yeah. someone who like watches a show and I want people to at least pretend to be acting like they don't know their next line and that they're actually like responding to the way someone says something or the way someone else responds to how they say things and Mm -hmm. every time I watched her I was so like irritated because she's such a great (laughs) actress that like she just wasn't you know she just like wasn't a great actress in this and I think that's the point like I guess that's the character yeah she's oh absolutely supposed to be like pompously full of herself Mm -hmm. uncaring about what anybody else has to say absolutely about anything and I, I get it now but the first few watches I was like oh, yeah whatever like Nonsense. you weren't connecting Gross. that so yeah and it's the same thing with like John Walker where like you know people were actually like you know mad at Wyatt Russell and it's like but that's that's good though right, that means right. that means he did a good job like you know John Walker is not supposed to be a very likable character and yet you know the fact that you don't like him you know obviously you know don't don't say hate to white Russell, <laughs> but yeah, 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 that means he's doing a good job. And I do want to actually like you know talk for just just a, just a minute about you know one point that I do agree with John Walker about, and that's the fact that you know during his whole like uh, tribunal, he was like you know basically like you know you made me and you you know you told me to do all these things. It very much reminded me of. Um, the war in like Iraq and Afghanistan where, you know, it would come out about, you know, these, um, like for instance, like the Abu Ghraib prison where, you know, they were mocking and, you know, abusing the prisoners and everything like that. And, you know, once it came out, like, you know, they were court martials and, you know, people were disciplined and everything, but it's like, at the same time, do you think that that was really the only prison that that happened at? Right. No. And what kind of, yeah. And it's like, what kind of environment do you think that they were a, that, that kind of attitude was able to prosper, if not for the fact that it's encouraged. So right, you but he, turn... he said that he said repeatedly, like he said, you know, the the worst day of my life, and I get these yeah. three medals for it. And he yeah. talks about like those are things you know no one wants to talk about that no one says anything about because yeah, they, but yes, you are like uplifted and you get this award and yay, you came back and you were able to you know here's your medal of honor, you fight and the baddies, you're you know, an American hero. Yeah, but. It, that's what he's if that's what he's awarded for and he that's all he knows then yeah sure uh, then what, that's what, what he's he, going to do you know if that's what you command him to do then that's what he's going to do so he's just responding to what you're rewarding him for and that's the case with you know a lot of these atrocities that are committed you know when it comes out we you know obviously will look down on the people who perpetuated them but at the same time our focus doesn't really go much above that and it really should it should go to the higher ups to the government themselves because there's a reason this happens it's encouraged you know when my husband went to boot camp for the navy you know they were told you are killers you know if you tell somebody you're a killer enough then what do you expect them to do when you give them a gun you know right so yeah i i think that you know as much as i disagree with john walker on literally like everything else that is one thing i totally agree with him on that he Obviously, he did wrong and he was punished for that, which he should have been. But at the same time, he shouldn't have been the only one that was punished, you know, right. you know, pretty much the government backed out and let him be the fall guy. And he's like, but I'm just doing what you taught me to do, you know, kind of like On that the after flip side of things. <laughs> yeah. So wait, wait, wait. On the flip side of things, there's Sharon as mm-hmm. the power broker. Yeah. Um, 
the the name of of the Carters being um, glorified in in the country, mm-hmm. and we get a glimpse in that final scene that she's gonna yep. use it for. She's gonna continue to to do these under the table, not so savory things. Um, but now the the government's gonna give her a free pass. Yep, yep. And so they're they're just gonna like I guess you know not really look into her too deeply. Oh, because she's a Carter, you know? And so it kind of makes me curious, like what they're going to do with her character in the future. And like, you know, like how they're going, if, I mean, I really hope that they don't just shunt aside this whole power broker angle because it makes things a lot more interesting and it kind of blurs the lines a little bit more as to, you know, who the government associates themselves with. Like, you know, are they going to back up Sharon Carter? Are they going to protect her? You know, and the whole thing with her, people like her and Val, you know, being, you know, the more shady sides of government, you know, it makes, it just makes things a whole lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really hoping to see like more consequences of that play out in the future. There's so many like offshoots and so many things that are mm-hmm. in the works and are, are happening that I'm just like, okay, I, I can, yeah. all right, <laughs> I, I, Okay. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Um, final thoughts, because I think we've ran a little long on this one. So. Yeah. Um, final <laughs> thoughts. Like overall, like I, I did enjoy it. Honestly, it, it gave me, you know, a lot of the feeling of, you know, the earlier MCU movies. I know a lot of review like um, YouTube reviewers and stuff have like, you know, compared it to Captain America, the Winter Soldier and even Beats of Civil War. So, you know, I, I totally get that whole vibe and feel the way it's set up and shot and even like the color palettes and the music and, you know, yes. the kind oh, of the, the contrast. The music was such a cool toss yes. to everything that we're used to yes. hearing. Like I was, I was so excited to, yeah. to hear some of those old themes come in and mm-hmm. layer underneath what was happening. I was, I was always, always yeah. thrilled by, by oh, what yeah. was going on. So I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that they took their time with the story and made it a mini series instead of like a, just a movie, because if they'd made it a movie, it would be, I don't think it would be near as good. I think they right, would have right. smushed the story too much. So and much to put in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it would have just been too much. So I think honestly, they could have gone a couple more episodes to be quite honest, yeah. to kind of stretch out John Walker's arc a little bit more, but in the end, overall, I did enjoy it. I liked it. I actually think I liked it a little bit better than WandaVision. Um, and, you know, despite the trip ups and everything like that, I think it was definitely a good addition. And it, it does make me excited to see what else the MCU has coming down the pipeline. Yeah, definitely. All right. So I want to say um, I'm sorry to, to anyone who's <laughs> listening to this where we got a little uh, social commentary political there. Um Hopefully you'll come back still and listen to us again when we don't talk about um, the MCU, which will be, you know, probably (laughs) in a couple weeks. With that, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tegan. And thank you so much for getting nerdy with us today on Beauties and Headcanons.